Welcome to the Sound Advice Podcast. We are Citizens Advice North East Derbyshire. We focus on providing advice for people within the North East Derbyshire and Bolsover district and want to do just that with our podcast. Enjoy! Hi guys, so this week on the podcast we're talking about Christmas consumer rights and everything to do with returning presents and refunds and gift cards and we're also looking at Topshop and the Arcadia group possibly closing down and what would that mean for returns and gift cards as well. So I noticed I think it was a couple of days ago in the news now the Arcadia group is gone into administration so I'm not too sure if it all like Topshop will actually shut down or not but I think there's a lot of uncertainty around that and also I went into town earlier and Debenhams is definitely shutting down as well or at least our local Debenhams is so I feel like this might affect returns as well so the first question which I want to ask Ben is what would happen if we received a gift from someone in the Arcadia group like Topshop or Debenhams and then the shop is then shut how could we go about returning these items? Okay, so there's two issues regarding Debenhams and the Arcadia Group. So Debenhams have been in administration, but they couldn't find a way of carrying on the business. So they're at the moment in liquidation, which means that the people in charge of trying to recover money for creditors who are owed by Debenhams for rent or for stock, stuff like that, they're now trying to make as much money as possible out of what's left in Debenhams. So they're in the process of having closing down sales. And what they've said is that they will close down as soon as they've sold everything. So they could close down next week, it could be March, it depends on how quick the stock goes, but their website did crash the other day for people trying to snap up bargains, now they're going under. So the problem would be for anyone who'd bought gifts from there, anything that they wanted to return would be a matter of time. So if you've got something now that you're thinking, I don't like this, I don't want it, and we'll come on later, I think, to talk about the ins and outs of returning things, but times of the essence with Debenhams because there's the uncertainty about how long this liquidation will take. So if you've got something that you don't want or is faulty or you just want to exchange, get in as soon as you can to return it. With Arcadia, it's a bit less certain about what will happen with them. They're looking for buyers. So the group includes, like you said, Top Shop, Top Man, Miss Selfridge. They're in that group as well. They aren't yet in liquidation like Debenhams. So they are trading. They've said that they'll continue trading over Christmas. So there's more hope that you'll have longer to return goods and things like that with them. And as we'll say later, I think it's all at the discretion of the shops about returns policies. So there's less rush with Arcadia than there is with Debenhams. But it's still a case of if you've got something, don't linger with it. Don't do what I usually do and have something in your room for six months and then realise you're way out of time to do anything about it. So be quick about it. So it's just best act as soon as possible if you have got Debenhams returns then. And also, I think I read somewhere about gift cards as well that Arcadia and I that you could only spend 50% of your gift cards, but Debenhams aren't doing that. Is that legal for Arcadia to do that? Because surely someone has paid the full price. You've heard of terms and conditions, haven't you? So yeah, they've had the money off you, but the terms and conditions will be attached to that gift card to cover situations like administration. It is just at the seller's discretion. Debenhams are honouring all gift cards at the moment, so you can get the full value of them. But Topshop have said that they will only accept 50% value. And again, if you've got gift cards, it will be 
be best to use them now rather than later to make sure that you do get the value because once they've gone there's no getting it back it's gone it's the same with returning goods if the seller has gone disappeared off the high street there's no one to get a, a refund or replacement item from so if you're in the which i didn't address before it's the point that you asked that if you're in the situation where you've got a jumper you don't like from top shop if top shop aren't there you can't get a refund from it because they're not there also, one more question, which I've always wondered about gift cards, just in general, not just the ones where the companies are going into liquidation, is that if your gift card expires and you haven't spent it in time, is there anything you can actually do about that? Or No, again, it'll be part of the terms and conditions that they've, they've had the money off yeah. whoever bought you the gift card on the understanding that you will use it in whatever time space they say. So it is always best, whatever the situation is, because we live in uncertain times and the high streets are an unstable place at the moment so if you get a gift card for christmas use it in the new year use it as soon as you can because you don't know which shops are going under next would the companies that are going into liquidation would they still be selling with the intention that you could return or would they have stopped that now so if i went into say debenhams tomorrow and bought something would i then not be able to return it because they debenhams are saying that there will are no returns and exchanges exchanges would depend on whether they've got the stock to swap so if you went and you wanted to swap a size of clothing that you'd got it was too big or too small it would depend on what was left because they're not resupplying themselves anymore but what they've said is that they will honour returns and replacements while they can. Oh, okay. It's worth mentioning now, and we've touched on it, there's no legal obligation on any seller to give a return or replacement if it's just a matter of you not liking something or you want to change it for something different. There are legal protections regarding faulty goods, but if you just don't want something, if you've had something that you want to change, it's at the seller's discretion. Oh, right. I always thought that it was like the law that you had to get, is it after 30 days or something that you had to be able to get a refund, even if there isn't something wrong with it? I actually didn't realise that. Not for, no, if it's just a replacement you want or a refund. So if your grandma's bought you a horrible woolen jumper that you don't particularly (laughs) like, I always specify no clothes for Christmas because it's (laughs) easier. Then it's up to the seller. A lot of them will honour it. A lot of them will issue gift receipts so that the person who is given the gift can go back and either have an exchange, a credit note or a refund. It is at the seller's discretion, not the law. The law only allows refund or replacement if the goods are faulty. And are the rules different with online returns to returns to something you've bought in store yeah that is the exception that you've got more protection if you're buying online so you've got 14 days after you receive something to cancel so if you don't like something that does give you more protection compared to going into a shop and buying it you can say to a seller i don't like the color of this jumper i'm sending it back and then you've got another 14 days on top of that so 28 days in total to actually send it back to them and that is legally protected unlike walking into a shop looking out picking something and taking it home i think probably understanding that you've got more opportunity in a shop to decide whether you like something yeah that's true also going back to shop returns again can you actually return something without a receipt or would pen the shop legally just say no say if it is broken but you don't have the receipt if it's just a matter of not liking something it's the shop's discretion as to what they want if they are agreeing to return something they may want the same payment method to refund you so if you paid by card they might need that same card to pay back on so if it's a gift that you return it might be difficult you might have to get the person who gave you the gift grandma might have to take the jumper back and get the (laughs) refund herself Um, sometimes the gift receipts are issued because the sellers will allow you to get the refund or replacement yourself if it's a faulty good then you only need to provide proof of purchase it doesn't have to be a receipt so it could be a bank statement showing the money going out on the date you bought it or some other evidence that you did buy it from the shop 
I have some questions just about online shopping. Say if you bought a product through a third party company such as like Amazon and it never arrives or it comes faulty or anything like that, who would you actually contact about it? Would it be Amazon themselves or the actual seller? The seller, first of all, because they're the person you've got the contract with, they should be given the opportunity to put it right. But if you don't get any response from them, Amazon have got what they call an A to Z guarantee. So that comes into effect if after two days of having received no response from the seller, you can ask Amazon to refund and they'll honour that for you. There are criteria that they you need to satisfy. So it does have to be either a faulty issue or you've confirmed and complied with all of their returns policies. So if they allow for just returning goods because you don't like which we've talked about, you've got that legal protection. If you've done it within the time of telling them you don't want it and you've returned it, then Amazon will honour the refund if the seller doesn't. And it's in the seller's interest to do it because their rating with Amazon obviously goes down and it could impact how they sell in future. That's really interesting because I had a really bad problem with Amazon last year when I ordered a Christmas present and I found it really confusing to figure out like the returns. From a third party seller? Yeah, yeah, it was really confusing. I had exactly the same with eBay this summer as well. I tried to order something and then that all went through fine. And then it was the actual parcel courier that just lost my parcel completely. So it wasn't, so it obviously never reached me. It wasn't the eBay seller's fault, but then obviously it's not my fault that the parcel never turned up either. Then I think I initially tried to go through the actual parcel courier to get a refund because that's what the eBay seller said to start with. But then I looked into it a bit more. Obviously the parcel courier was like, yeah, it's just not fault basically then I did get a refund through the actual eBay seller but it took quite a lot of negotiating to actually get that the the seller is the first person to go to it sounds like they're trying it on actually telling you that you should go to the delivery agent because you're not deemed to have received it until you actually taken delivery of it yeah and it is similar in that eBay have a money back guarantee as well so if you don't receive an item or it's damaged if it doesn't match a description then they will honor a refund if the seller refuses so it is worth going through eBay if the seller was unresponsive to you and again that has an off-con impact on the seller's reputation on eBay because they rely quite heavily on ratings and things, don't they? With eBay, they have three days to respond to requests sellers do. And then if they don't, or you still don't get a satisfactory response, I'd say go to eBay and ask them to look into it. With eBay, you can't ask for a refund just because you don't like something, unless the seller says that they will refund you the cost regardless, because then eBay class it as not being as described. Chelsea, did you get your issue resolved with Amazon? No, I just left it because I couldn't figure it out. It's, that's what they rely oh, on, you so see, annoying. people. It is. People giving up because they don't know what they can do or lose interest. And I do the same. Was that a case where you had contacted the seller or was it Amazon that you asked directly? No, I, li- I didn't do either because when I was looking through the website and on I looked on the app as well, the whole thing was so confusing. I couldn't find a way to contact them about returns at all. So... Yeah, I probably gave up a bit easily, to be honest. <laughs> but it does, and people do, because it's one less hassle that you need, isn't it, when you've got busy life going on. But I would always say, get in touch with the seller. If you don't get in response, get in touch with eBay. And if all else fails, harangue them a bit on social media, because no one likes negative publicity there. <laughs> Just a question about if you yourself damaged the product, would that mean that there's no way of you getting a refund or returning it, or an exchange or anything? It's unlikely, because you've caused that yourself. Are you thinking of anything specific? My mum bought a Hoover, like, last year. She used it, like, two times. And I think, I'm pretty sure she dropped it down the stairs. (laughs) Right. And, yeah, it broke and she tried to get a refund and they said no. 
So. Yeah, if there'd been a problem with it not working and it wasn't because it had just plummeted down the stairs, <laughs> you might have had a chance. But I think where you've caused damage yourself, it's your responsibility. I mean, yeah. the Consumer Rights Act 2015 is useful and I actually find quite a, an amusing mnemonic to remember the points that you can raise on the Money Saving Expert website. It was sad fart was the mnemonic <laughs> to remember the points that you could return goods for. So the it has to be of satisfactory quality as described, fit for purpose and last a reasonable length of time, which I thought was where you were going to go with the the Hoover, saying that it had only lasted two days and then it broke, (laughs) which wouldn't be a reasonable length of time you'd expect a Hoover to last. You'd get a few years use out of it. But no, throwing it down the stairs isn't covered by the Consumer Rights Act, I'm afraid. (laughs) I've got one more question about returns as well. So what is the official time period that you have to return something? Say you received it on Christmas Day, it was bought around that time. How much time do you actually have to return it if there's something wrong with it? If there's something wrong with it, generally 30 days is what is said as being the, you don't really get any questions asked if you do it within 30 days. If it's, yeah. a, if it's faulty, if it's not of satisfactory quality, you can do it within that time scale. Under six months, the seller has to prove that it was fit for purpose. It was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. If you leave it more than six months, then you have to prove that at the time you bought the item, there was a fault with it. So the longer you leave it, the harder it gets for you to get the refund. But the law does give you quite a lengthy time to challenge something. So if you buy a car and you a brand new car and it conks out on the first week you get it then you'd expect an immediate refund because it's obviously not fit for purpose if you leave it three months and then you notice a problem with it then the seller has to prove that it was fine when you bought it if you leave it longer than six months then you have to prove to the seller that this fault existed so if you'd raised concerns with the seller about a rattling noise you were getting about the engine puttering black smoke out then it would be up to them after to prove actually no it was fine you were just making that up. So as I said before about gift cards, the sooner you report things, the easier it is for you, and the less likelihood of you having to, to go to court to recover money that you've paid out. Okay, I was going to say, so after that six-month point, do many people actually have success in getting refunds? It sounds like it might be quite hard to prove. It, again, it all depends on what you're arguing about, because if you buy a top-of-the-range television that only lasts you a month if you pay £2,000 for it, it's not lasted a reasonable length of time. Now, you might expect a bargain basement £150 to last a year or so. So even then, the length of time, that if you're describing it as only lasting six to eight months, might not be legitimately within that scope. It becomes harder with less durable, cheaper items if you're saying, well, this hasn't really lasted long enough. So it, it's all based on what would be reasonable, which is what gives lawyers a lot of time and fun arguing over. Reasonable just means what a normal person on the street would think is reasonable for something to do. So again, if you buy a car, if it's brand new, is it reasonable to expect that it would last more than six months before developing a problem? Yes, is the answer to that. If you buy a 50 pence torch from Amazon, is it reasonable to expect it to last more than six months? Probably not. It's not going to be very good construction because you paid very little for for it and again really the argument is you get what you pay for so if you expect to be buying quality if it breaks if it's damaged within an unreasonable amount of time then you've got a stronger chance of arguing later on that it should have lasted longer than it has done okay that's interesting i actually didn't know that about the different time periods of when something's broken either 
Cool. I mean, we touched on what I was going to mention. We touched on the issue of things being as described as well, part of the sad part. Yeah. And an example, it brought it to my mind that I ordered some Christmas cards to start sending out and there was one missing. I mean, it's I'm not going to do anything about it because it's petty and there's only one out of pack of 12. But technically that's not as described because the seller sold with 12 cards in and one fell out somewhere probably in the shop, the warehouse, somebody else will benefit from it, no doubt. But it wasn't as they described it. And again, if you buy a red jumper and you get a blue one, it's not as described. So you've got a right under the Consumer Rights Act to get a refund or replacement of what you've asked for. Also, I've just thought of one more thing that's just come to me now. This has happened this week. And as I've got an expert, I thought I'd ask about the legality of it. So I ordered something off a like makeup website last week and that arrived, paid for it. That was all fine. It came. And then about a week later, I've received an exact duplicate of the same package again. So basically, I've got and they haven't charged me again. So I've got all of that stuff that I ordered. It was like a foundation and something else for free, technically, because it hasn't like the money hasn't gone through twice. So legally, can I keep that or would that be stealing? It's called unsolicited goods in a sense. So you ordered one item. Yeah. They sent two. You know, it's a mistake. Yeah. So you should make an effort to make them aware of the mistake. Okay. They might not be interested, but you should make an effort. So, but then on the other hand, you have no obligation to send them back to the company or pay for them. If the company becomes aware of it themselves and say, actually, we sent you one by mistake, either return it or pay for it, and then you refuse, it becomes a criminal offence. Okay. But you don't have the legal obligation to actually tell the company. It's only when they become aware. Whether or not your morals and ethics require you just to say, <laughs> I've had an extra one, I didn't want to here have this extra one back that's up to you it's up to your conscience some people might sleep easier about it than others i think i'd be sitting on the fence and depending what it was i got two televisions i might want to keep one yeah (laughs) Um, just two items of soap or something you think send that back but yeah if you make them aware and they're just not interested you've done your bit they can't then come back to you and say we're demanding the money back if you say nothing if you're fine you're within your rights if then later they come back and say we've checked our records we sent you to send it back or give us the money and then you don't like i say you're at fault if you refuse to do that okay right so what did you decide to do out of interest Uh, well i've kept it but they haven't (laughs) contacted me about it but yeah that's interesting it's also a very like a huge makeup company like one of the biggest in the uk probably so i don't think they'll notice so i think i'll probably get away with that (laughs) well we've discovered what side of the moral compass you're sitting on at the moment (laughs) (laughs) yeah I would keep hold of it in its packaging for as long as you can. Yeah. If a reasonable time passes and you don't hear anything, you've got an extra bit of makeup that you didn't order. Yeah. But be aware, if they do want it back or they want the money for it, you'll have to pay them. Yeah. I guess it's probably also worth me checking, just like double checking, that they haven't charged me twice as well, because that did also go through my head. But yeah. I'm fairly sure they didn't. So. <laughs> and in which case, you could send one back and ask for a refund of the yeah. one. Yeah. Or accept, just keep both, if you know that you've paid for both. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope that whoever sent you that product doesn't listen. I was going to say the same thing. We're not naming the seller, are we? So... I have another personal experience that I went through with ordering something online and I ordered it off Etsy. This was last year again. It was meant to be delivered by Royal Mail, but it never arrived on the expected delivery date. So I just checked like the online tracking that it provided and it said that it had missed me and that it would try another day. And then it never came on that day either. So I checked it again and it said that I had to collect it from the depot because I'd missed it again, even though I'd been in on both of these days. I'm pretty sure, you know, 
know the little royal mail slips that mm. they sent? I'm pretty sure they put one of them through the door. So I went to the place to collect it and they said that it had been signed for already. And I was really confused because it wasn't by me. And I knew that you had to provide ID to collect it. And they showed me the signature and it was, wasn't one I recognised. So I said that to him. I was like, it's not, I haven't signed for it. And then they were like, yeah, there's nothing we can do because it's already been signed for. I tried to file a complaint with Royal Mail themselves and they said that they would look into it and I've not heard from them since. <laughs> Did you raise the issue me. with the seller? Because if there's an argument about whether or not you received it, it's still the seller's responsibility because you don't take ownership until you have. I mean, Royal Mail are saying that they've got a signature, they would have to, there'd have to be good evidence that it was your signature yeah, and I, the address that you were at. I did ask Royal Mail about contacting the seller and they said because it's already been signed for as though it's been collected, then the seller would basically rely be on like, that. Well, yeah, there, there's nothing we can do. So I just kind of left it. Was it? But if that happened to anyone listening, what would your advice be for that? Was it sent by guaranteed mail or anything? Because the seller might be able to claim the goods sent on guaranteed delivery are usually insured up to a certain value so the seller might have been able to claim back on that it might have taken some investigation but i would yeah, still say I'm it's worth sure, checking with the seller themselves about what they want to do yeah you have checked around your neighbors no one in the area signed for it yeah. did they no because it had been signed for at the actual depot not at my front door it was it was really strange because obviously they had to provide id at the place to collect it but and it had to be my id because it was in my name but royal mail will leave most deliveries with a neighbor unless they've, you've told them not to i've noticed myself that they've not been doing that so much recently presumably with yeah. the virus situation if your item is lost after being left with a neighbor it's not the seller or royal mail's responsibility so i think it i would chase up royal mail to find out who they're saying they're signed for this thing do you think i would still have grounds for that though since it was a like a year ago probably not anymore it's probably has gone a bit past the time yeah. though the ultimate statute of limitation is six years for it i would say it's worth chasing up with them to say okay. give me some proof of what's happened they might argue that they've lost the records now or it's gone off the boil but i think if you were waiting for a response from them and you didn't get anything it is worth chasing up and saying i know it's a long while but what's happening with it because if they said they were investigating yeah. you'd expect a response from them yeah but in the first instance i would say check with the seller first regardless of what royal mail said i know i said it myself the argument from the seller would be well it has been signed for now so it, you've received it you've been deemed to receive it but I would try and argue with Royal Mail that you, they need to provide evidence that it was your signature like I said the seller might have some insurance under whatever they sold that they paid for for Royal Mail depending on the level of postage they put on it so some guaranteed deliveries are, val are insured up to a certain value and you can get extra insurance as well if you buy by credit card goods over £100 you have got extra protection so it's as though the credit card company is jointly liable with the seller so if you're buying something for over a hundred pounds there's legal protections and you can claim the money back from the credit card company or the seller whichever you want and then the the credit card company will deal with the seller themselves so it's always worth considering if you're making a substantial purchase worth over 100 pounds use a credit card just to benefit from those extra protections that you might get and what i thought when you were talking about your royal mail card as well is just to be aware at this time of year that the card is legitimate and it's not one of these scam ones that are going around asking you to call a premium rate number and then you get charged a fortune for it and there's no parcel at the end of it They're yeah quite prevalent at the moment. 
Thank you again for listening. I thank Sean and Chelsea for their time with us this week. If you have any comments or issues that you'd like to hear us talk about next time, you can email into us at soundadvice at nedcab.org.uk. You can also visit our website at nedcab.org.uk. And if there's anything you've got to say to us, we'd be really grateful to hear from you. Thank you.